Welcome to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Young Ari Gold. Uh, I am going to discuss today the Texans 2023 draft class. Uh, a lot of you have been asking, sorry, I haven't been able to be on. Uh, work's been crazy. Life's been crazy. Just lots of things going on. But um, had 35 minutes, so I figured I'd hop on, give you guys what you guys are asking for, and then also give you a teaser into what I'm working on. So um Really excited to jump in here. Look, I, I think anybody that watched the draft last Thursday through Saturday can't say that the draft wasn't exciting. I think it was an extremely exciting uh, couple days. I think that the Texans doubled down on the excitement and positivity in that that D'Amico bra and and everything else that's kind of happened over the last uh, two months, um, the te- the Texans definitely doubled down and uh, they pleased both sides of the fan base. They pleased the defensive side, uh, and, and then they pleased the quarterback side. It, it's really hard for anybody to be upset with what the Texans did. There are questions, and I think there should be some questions um, about the process and 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 some of the things that were done to get this accomplished, but ultimately. Um, I think the Texans did exactly what they needed to do, but at what cost? And was that cost enough or too much? Um, and I think, you know, there could be an argument made for either side. So l- let's hop in with uh, the number two overall pick. The Texans finally grab a, a, um, a potential franchise quarterback at two in Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. Uh, C.J. Stroud has been... In everything, all the news over the last, I don't know, I'd say a month leading up to the draft, uh, lots of talk about his S2 score and the Manning camp and um, just other things. They were all, a lot of it was character driven. Um, and then a lot of it was, you know, how he, how he processes things and how he may not be the smartest quarterback in this class and he may not be just a smart quarterback. Basically the narrative was that he is not a smart quarterback. And I started to buy into that a little bit, um, you know, going into the draft. And then, you know, after the weekend, I started to really think a little bit more about what CJ Stroud said the day before the draft, uh, when he was in Carolina at the, uh, the football field with Bryce and Anthony and, and Will, and he said, I'm not a test taker. Uh, I'm a football player and I'm good at playing football. Um, and nobody can doubt what I'm capable of on the field. And I think ultimately when I come back to what this what this is all about, and if I do some self-reflecting myself, I know what I'm elite at and what I'm good at. I also know what I'm not good at. But a lot of what I'm not good at doesn't interfere with the things I am very good at or lead at. So for one, I'm not a test taker. Put me in a room and let me, let me talk. Let me put me in, in, in a place where I can communicate or, or, or present verbally. And I'm going to, I'm going to slaughter. I'm going to be extremely good at that. That's just, that's my bread and butter. That's my strength. Put me in a room to test and, you're not going to get, you won't have an actual representation of what I am. I think CJ Stroud is very similar. He doesn't need to be 
great at the S2 test. And and I know, you know, we haven't seen an S2 score under, you know, I think it was like 60% uh, that a quarterback's taken that's been successful in the league. But we also have a very small sample size. We have seven years of of the S2 test. And as all of you know, I, I'm, I am a believer in the S2 test. I do think that it can tell you a lot about how a person thinks and how they process. But every test has its flaws. And every test isn't for each individual. So I, I say this to say, he may not be elite at test taking. But he was elite as a quarterback in college. Now, you can have questions about, you know, he had the greatest wide receiving core in the history of college football. That that could be a knock because you don't, he's not entering uh, offense like that in the NFL. Um, best offensive line in college football. He's not going to have that here. You know, there are, I think there are some conversations to be had about what CJ Stroud could be. But if we go based off of what we've seen in college only and don't take into account any of the smoke or any of the narratives that were created during the draft draft process. I think that Texans should be in wait and see mode. Every single, every single fan should be in wait and see mode. Um, There's no reason to think that the Texans made a mistake. Uh, There's no reason to think that the Texans reached, you know, I think you can make an argument. Maybe Cal or Hannah stepped in. Based on the way things unfolded, it makes the most sense. I think logically you can make that argument. doesn't make you right. Taking a quarterback two, trading up at three to grab Will Anderson, you know, it's it seems very logical that one of or both said, I want a quarterback, go get me a quarterback. After that, I don't care what you do. And maybe that happened. At the end of the day, you know, like James Palmer said when, when we talked to him two weeks ago, at the end of the day, they, they are the owner. Um, and they, they get to make the decisions. And if they wanted a quarterback, they have the ability to go get a quarterback. GMs now have gone against their owners. Um, but I think ultimately, I don't believe it was, hey, take C.J. Stroud only. I think it was take a quarterback. Nick believed that C.J. Stroud was the quarterback worth taking it to, and that's that. So I think we need to, you know, and I've been one to say the meddling is is an issue. And I do believe that to an extent it is an issue. And forcing your general manager to do something is not the most ideal path forward. But at the end of the day, they do have a business to run, and I'm not going to get behind them making football decisions. I'll get behind them being part of the process to get the football decisions. And maybe, and, and, and maybe this is what happened. Maybe Cal said, I want a quarterback. D'Amico and Nick said, I want Will Anderson. And Nick compromised and said, look, I think we have the ability to get both. If we are able to do so, do you both agree that that's the right path to go down? And they did. And, and that's a real possibility as well. Um, so there's lots of different possibilities when it comes to what was taken, you know, with, with CJ Stroud taking it too. I think everybody should be in wait and see mode for, for how CJ performs. It's going to take time, you know, rookie quarterbacks, you know, sometimes they come in and light the league on fire. Sometimes they come in and, you know, they struggle or they have a good couple games. You know, there, there's lots of different paths that this can go down. Keep in mind, they're implementing a new offense. It's a whole new coaching staff. 
Um, and CJ's going to have to get used to NFL speed, uh, NFL def- defenses. There's there's lots of things that are going into this. Uh, so I would say just pump the brakes on what CJ can be. You won't know until year three. You might have an inclination of what you're seeing on the field and how that could potentially progress and develop. But ultimately, we won't know until 2025. And that's okay. That's okay. This team is still in rebuild mode. Uh, they they accelerated the rebuild with what they did on, on day one of the draft. But that's okay, too. You know, at the end of the day, we're fans. That's all there is to it. All we want is our team to get it right. I don't care if they do it my way, your way, everybody else's way. All I care about is them getting it right, riding the ship in general, and being a consistently good football team. Ultimately, I think it's what we all want. And, you know, there was compromise in the building, potentially. I would assume that there was more compromise than Cal coming in and saying, take a quarterback. And if that's the case, this this franchise is in a really good place. You know, it looks like Nick and D'Amico are, are, you know, they're hugging, they're embracing. Nick's showing emotion, which we haven't seen. Um, there's lots of different things happening right now for, for the fans to feel optimistic about the path forward. Ultimately, we just need to see it all come together on Sundays, Thursdays, and Mondays. Um, and that's it. That's all that matters. So... Texans grab their franchise guy. Everybody's hoping that he is the guy. Uh, when it comes to comps, I, 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 you know, we make them. Doesn't make them accurate. You know, if if he ends up being Jared Goff, taking Jared Goff at two, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe if everything else is right, um, maybe if everything else is working, maybe if the defense becomes elite, you might be okay with it. With where this team's at now, if he becomes Jared Goff, probably not the most ideal scenario. Dak Prescott, you know, Dak's good. Um, Would you take Dak at two? I think it'd be hard not to take Dak Prescott at two. Um, So those are the comps that we're seeing around. Uh, Like I said, I'm in wait and see mode. Uh, I'm going to be very reserved in what I believe or think of CJ Stroud. I'll say this. I, I do believe Nick is a very good talent evaluator when it comes to the quarterback position. He played the position in college, uh, and he he drafted Davis Mills in the third round with the first pick in 2021 that the Texans had. No matter how you feel about Davis Mills, he wasn't the franchise guy. I'm pretty sure you don't take a third-round quarterback to be your franchise guy. It happens if you hit great. But Nick hit on Davis Mills. Uh, while everybody else was saying Kyle Trask and you know the other guy that went to you know, the guy that went to Tampa Bay or went to Minnesota. Um, and it's looking like Nick picked a better quarterback. So from what we have on a sample size, I believe Nick is very good at, I mean, he's a very good talent evaluator in general. I believe at the quarterback position, I think he has a specific eye and I think he's pretty good at it based on what we've seen. Let's see if that continues. We have two quarterbacks now that have been drafted by Nick Casario. One's coming in with a a lot of upside and a a lot of reason to be optimistic that he's going to be the guy. So we're just going to have to wait and see. So feels pretty good to know that, you know, the Texans as a a unit made a selection and were able to, to grab their guy. Now let's go to pick three. Will Anderson. I think trading up to get Will Anderson makes sense. I'm all for trading up to get Will Anderson. 
I don't know at the cost that the Texans had. And for everybody that makes the argument, basically look at it like you traded for C.J. Stroud. At the end of the day, you didn't trade for C.J. Stroud, though. C.J. Stroud was off the board. You weren't competing against teams that were looking to move up for C.J. Stroud. So I don't really understand the logic behind that. I get what you're saying. If they would have left CJ on the board, then you would have had to have trade up to get CJ. Therefore, you eliminated the Titans or whoever else for trading up to the third pick. I think that's a fair argument. But at the end of the day, CJ Stroud wasn't on the board. And you still gave up basically two firsts if we count the 33rd pick in the second round as a first round pick or pretty close to a first round pick and then next year's 2024 Texans first round selection that's a lot that's a lot for for an edge rusher I do believe that Will Anderson is the best pass rusher in this class I do believe that his 2022 tape is not indicative of who he is as a player I think his 2021 tape is more of it gives you a more a, a a better sense of what to expect from him in the NFL. And I think he is a cornerstone blue chip defensive end in this league and a player you want to start to build your defense around. I do believe that. <clears throat> and then add to the fact, that's right, Dougie Fresh, like add to the fact that he is potentially one of the best people in the world based on anything that anybody I've talked to that's talked to him Anybody that we've heard talk about him, Will Anderson is a great human being and the perfect type of guy in your locker room to help lead the defense. So there's value there too. <clears throat> I just don't like the argument that you you were trading up for Stroud. You weren't trading up for Stroud. You didn't trade up for Stroud. You traded up for Will Anderson. So who were you competing against? The Titans to move up for Anthony Richardson? Maybe. <clears throat> Outside of that, I don't really see anything else. The Colts maybe were going to move up, but the Cardinals weren't going to get what they would get from us, from the Colts. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter to me what capital was spent. I think as long as Will Anderson is the guy on the defense, it's no big deal. It's water under the bridge. The team will be able to continue to move forward and add pieces to this team to, to become better. <clears throat> I think he's an important piece. And I think you need him in this D'Amico defense, especially year one. You need a cornerstone. You need somebody on the defensive line that can go after the quarterback. And we don't have one. And so, you know, Jonathan Bernard is great. <clears throat> and I think he could still be great. But really, you don't have a consistent pass rusher. So, I like Will Anderson. I think it was the right pick. I think it was, I think both picks were extremely safe. Let me say that. <clears throat> I think CJ Stroud was very safe. And I think Will Anderson was very safe. It doesn't mean that they don't have high upside. It just means that they're safe picks. And that's okay. It's a safe organization. You know, you could add the aggressiveness of trading up to grab Will Anderson as like the non safe side. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, this team, you know, they, they tend to be, they tend to be more on the safe side and 
you know, hopefully it works out. I think there's no there's no reason to doubt that the plan is in place. And I think ultimately the fans feel good to know that this is the plan and this is how we're moving forward. And ultimately, I think that's all fans are asking. And I, I, I and now that they're, it's there, um, I think the fans can breathe a little bit. So Will Anderson is going to be on this team for a long time. If you had to bet <clears throat> on who has the better opportunity to be on this team with a second contract, would you bet C.J. Stroud or Will Anderson? And you can drop it in the comments. But, I mean, if you think about it, like which which player would you be comfortable betting on making it to their second contract with the Texans? I think I'd have to go Will Anderson. Um, just because we've seen, like, what with quarterbacks, some come in and light it up and are successful and stay with the team. But more often than not, they end up being on another team after, you know, their fourth or fifth year. So, um, but at the end of the day, they got their guys. So I think ultimately that's what matters. And it really, there's nothing else there now. They have their offensive, they have their quarterback, they have their defensive end. This team is in a better place. This team is in a place where, expectations are now increasing for the 2023 season. Um, anybody who is on or against Mills starting, I don't think you have to worry about that anymore. I think CJ comes in and when, you know, he starts week one uh, and, you know, it's going to take some time for the Texans team to implement the new offense, get the defense going, you know, players are going to have to develop. It's going to take, it, it's just going to take time, um, but good path, good trajectory, Good cornerstone players. That's what the Texans needed. Now off to the second round where the Texans didn't have a pick. They traded up to grab Juice Scruggs from Penn State uh, Center, who I think a lot of people were questioning. They didn't know a lot about Juice Scruggs. Uh, I didn't know a ton about Juice Scruggs either. Uh, and I'll be honest here, like as we get into like past Tank Dell, um, I'm not going to have a ton. Like it's not things that I've, personally scouted so i'll have to rely on other people's eyes and scouting reports on these players i'm not going to be the one that's like oh my god yeah great film um honestly i don't know everything and that's totally fine um but juice grugs center from penn state uh most people are upset with i think everybody kind of had their their minds set on john mitchell schwartz which i i totally understand uh the giants ended up getting him Texans would have had to make a pretty significant jump and uh, it's going to take time yeah, or take time. Sorry. Not sure where I was going there. Reading comments. That's never a good thing. Um, but you know, it, it, it is going to take time technically for us to be able to figure out, you know, if Scruggs can be the answer at center. The Texans also took Patterson in, I believe the fifth round or sixth round um, Jarrett Patterson to compete with Scruggs to really solve that, that issue at center um, Scruggs, Based on what I've read, based on what I've seen, um, I know everybody is de like determining where Scruggs should have went based on their mock drafts that they did on PFF or on PFN. He was available past 104. I mean, if that's going to be your assumption and that's how you're going to grade players on based on what PFF says on a mock draft simulator, I, I don't necessarily know if that's the right way to go about it. I'd rather go with people who actually evaluate and scout film. He is aggressive. He can anchor in pass rush. Uh, he has a nice demeanor. Uh, great with his hands. 
he looks to be the part. And I don't see any reason to doubt that he isn't um, based on what we're hearing and seeing. So I think he was like the number two rated center um, on one of the, I, I forgot. There's so many boards. There's so many boards and there's so many scouting sites, but uh, he was the number two center behind John Mitchell Swartz. Um, and I think there's a reason to be optimistic about it. At the end of the day, like I love Nick's like approach to the center position, taking Scruggs and then taking Patterson late in later rounds and saying, we're going to have a competition here. The best player is going to start at center. It's needed. It's needed for multiple reasons outside of just having a consistent center, but also to have a center, a consistent center there for Kenyon green. Kenyon green needs a consistent center. He needs to be able to develop and worry about what his pass protection and his, his, uh, his run game and his run blocking. And it's very hard to do that when you don't have a center that you can count on. Uh, so either way, whether it's Patterson or Scruggs, I don't care who, as long as the answer, the, 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 the question is answered. And I think, you know, look, competition is going to be a thing. And I believe D'Amico is going to play the best guys, no matter what. And ultimately I think, coming from the Bill O'Brien days where, you know, there were favorites and it didn't matter who it was. You, you played if you were a favorite um, going, switching into this where the Texans are going to have an open competition at each position, you know, that breeds the best. That is how training camp and, and, and OTAs and mini camp should be done. Uh, it's all about competition. It's not about anything else. And the best player will play. And honestly, that's, that's how we should move forward. So I'm, I'm glad that they made the move. I'm glad Nick invested twice in the center position. One will make it, hopefully. Both could be misses. I'd probably go with one making it. If I had to bet, I would say Scruggs, just based on what I've read and seen now. Um, I do like the way he plays. He's very consistent. Um, and yeah, so Drew Scruggs and Jared Patterson. <clears throat> then I think the most fascinating pick of the 2023 draft class is tank Dell out of U of H. Um, tank is, how do I say it without like coming off like somewhat of a fanboy? Well, it really doesn't matter. I, I think tank Dell is going to very much play the Debo Samuel role in this offense. He is not as talented as Debo Samuel but he is extremely talented and he's been an extremely productive player at U of H. And I think that continues. I think Slowick is going to use him in a way that is going to, he's just, he's going to end up being a very productive player for this team. Jet sweeps, screens, open in space on slants, hook routes, curls, things of that nature. I think, I think Bobby Sloak is going to get very, very creative with the way that he uses Tank Dell. He's also going to be able to help in punt returns and kick returns. I think Tank is going to be the most creative weapon that we have seen in a Houston offense in general. I, I just think he's that dynamic. I think that he has the ability. He's so elusive. He's so athletic. Yeah, he's small, but at the end of the day, like it really doesn't matter. He was fine in college. And just as a route runner, you know, I, a lot of people are, are like, well, you know, what is he going to do in press man? I mean, how often is he going to play in press man? 
And not only that, like, what if he's playing in motion and is able to get off the line? Like, there's just so many different things that you can go into. Is he going to be great against press man? It might take some time. He was great against press man in this, at the Senior Bowl. Everybody saw the clip. He was in press man when he tore that dude's ankles off. Uh, it, it all comes down to route running and his ability to release. And I, I don't think he has an issue releasing. And from as a route runner, he's pretty damn good. And I think, I, I honestly believe this will be the guy that is talked about the most this year because we're going to see some really fun things with Tank Dell. When you add Dalton Schultz to the mix, it's just this offense is a there's a lot of potential within this offense. And it's it's hard not to be excited about potentially having an above average offense and and especially in year one, right? Like new offense, it's gonna take time. But to know what the what it looks like and what it could potentially look like and what these players are gonna be able to do in this offense, it's all about space. Everything is about space. And there are players on this team that are extremely good in space. John Mechie is extremely good in space. Tank Dell, extremely good in space. Schultz is extremely good in space. This is going to be a fun team to watch. And uh, I'm excited about what Tank Dell brings to this team. I can't wait to see what he does, honestly. Like, if there was a something I was mostly excited about with this team and this offense in 2023, it's watching Tank Dell in this offense. It's very hard to not even to not be excited when you think about the possibilities he brings. I, I can't wait. All right, so then we go into uh, round four. Dylan Horton out of TCU. Um, you know, some people described him as a Charles Amenehu guy. Um, long arms, sneaky, athletic. Uh, has the ability to get after the, the quarterback, more of a finesse player than power player. But, you know, as you're getting into these later rounds, you know, a lot of times it's really just a gamble in general. This team needed defensive line help. I mean, they needed players on the defensive line all across the board. The one thing that they didn't really address was defensive tackle. And I know we have Sheldon Rankins and Malik Collins, but I would have liked to have seen an investment at least in the fourth round or maybe move up to the third to grab, or maybe they did for Horton. I think they might've, no, they moved up to, they, they were in the fourth. Um, I would have liked to have seen an investment in the defensive tackle, uh, an anchor on this defense opposite of uh, Will Anderson. I mean, obviously Will Anderson isn't the anchor, but he's the cornerstone player on the defense. I would have loved to have seen them pair um, the Baylor defensive tackle or another defensive tackle with Will Anderson. I think it's important, but a lot of upside on Dylan Horton. He was a very productive player at TCU. I think he could potentially be a role player or maybe become a consistent guy. You know, maybe like a four to five sack guy. At the end of the day, you're going to need two or three of those guys anyways. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. Then we go to linebacker, Henry Toto. Never going to be able to say that last name. I'm just going to call him Henry from now on. Um, you know, when it comes to scouting linebackers, it's really hard for me. Not, not because I can't do it, but I just don't watch a ton of linebacker play. I love secondary play, cornerback play on defense. And, uh, you know, I, I watched some Jack Campbell. I thought was the best linebacker in this class. Henley was probably second, but a lot of people were very ex- excited about Henry and what he was able to bring and what he did at Alabama, according to Texans thoughts, who I trust his eye when it comes to this stuff. 
2021 tape destroys the 2022 tape of Henry at Alabama in college. He said him and Christian Harris were a great tandem in 2021. It'd be interesting to see how they're able to pair that here. Uh, and it was also a position of need. They needed to get younger. Uh, they only had Christian Harris, who was a young linebacker. They needed to add another one. Why not add his teammate from Alabama? Makes the most sense. D'Amico, an Alabama guy. He probably watched a ton of film on him even prior to coming to the Texans as the head coach. Lots of ties there with Nick Saban. I think this pick makes a ton of sense. Then we go to Xavier Hutchins, who I think most fans are excited about. Big, strong, wide receiver out of Iowa. Good runner, good route runner. Contested catch guy. Can be everything that you, you're you looking for. It sounds like he is everything that people were hoping Nico Collins would be. I still think Nico Collins is that guy. I do. I think I think Nico Collins is still going to be the contested catch guy. He's got to stay healthy. But those first five games of the 2022 season, Nico looked like a different wide receiver. Uh, his stats don't line up to like say like oh you know he looks like an, a, 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 a new wide receiver. He looks like he's developing and progressing. But if you watch the film, he just looks like he looked different in 2022, and then he got hurt. And I think Nico is going to take the next step. Consistency at quarterback is going to be helpful. I think having competition like Xavier Hutchins is going to push Nico. I like Xavier Hutchins. <clears throat> Whether it's Nico or Xavier, it doesn't matter to me as long as we hit on one of them. But Xavier is an extremely exciting player to root for. He's what this team needed. We needed a contested catch guy, long arms. We needed a guy like that. I just, you know, it's it's a six-round pick. It's like, how do you, you don't know what to expect, right? As we get after this, you know, after the draft, you look at it and you say, rounds one through three, good chance being a productive player, right? Rounds one, immediate impact player. Rounds two, maybe you grab an impact player. If not, you grab an above-average player. Round three, could find an above-average player, maybe just a little bit above-average or average. And then after that, it's, you know, you just don't know. It's a crapshoot. But a lot of reasons to be excited about Xavier and what he brings to this football team. And it was also needed. Uh, you know, another wide receiver was needed. They have a lot of wide receivers in this room. Robert Woods, Noah Brown, Nico Collins, John Mechie, Tank Dell, Xavier Hutchins. Am I missing somebody? I believe I'm missing one more. I believe there were seven. They'll probably keep six. There's going to be an odd man out. Maybe I'm not missing one. Either way, it's going to be interesting to see how this wide receiver room shapes up uh, after training camp. Then we go to Brandon Hill as the final pick in the seventh round. <clears throat> uh, safety, athletic, extremely fast. Um, can kind of play everywhere that you would want a safety to play. Uh, I don't have a ton of film on him. Um, I can't say what he is or isn't. I can say that we did need another safety to pair with Jalen Petrie. It'd be interesting to see if the seventh round pick can become that guy. Uh, Jimmy Ward's here to help mentor and develop. I think Jimmy Ward is going to play a key piece in this defense. I think he's not being talked about enough. Amari Rogers, thank you, Rip. Uh, some eight wide receivers, um, plus all the undrafted guys that they added. So um, Jimmy Ward's going to play a big piece in this defense, and they're going to do a lot. Of, like He is going to play such a significant role in what Jalen Petrie needs to develop in, angles and tackling. 
That was Jalen Petrie's biggest issue last year. He was a rookie. He's going to be fine. I guarantee you he cleans that up. He is a smart football player. And I, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't take that next step in his development, especially playing next to Jimmy Ward, who is coming here to specifically play safety. So with that being said, I think, you know, this draft class is an interesting draft class. You know, props to Nick and props to – look, back to C.J. Stroud, I think it's also very hard not to like this kid. Honestly. I think it's extremely hard not to like C.J. Stroud as a person. David, all of that, right? Like, athletes first. Everybody can have their reservations. I definitely had mine. But at the end of the day – this kid seems like a good kid. He seems like a kid that is competitive, fiery, but also fun. And I'm not going to lie, it'd be really dope to finally see a quarterback show emotion on the field. It's not something that I like am going to put into like a scouting report or how I view a player, but ultimately I want to see a level of care and fire out of the quarterback position. I can't think of a time we've had one. Keenum, I think Keenum was like the only like rah, rah, fiery guy, let's go type of guy after completing something or being in a critical moment. I think CJ Stroud is that. And that type of shit is very, very contagious. You know, it's like a, it's like a culture at work. If you think about it, like, there's so many different parallels from work to, like, the NFL. And culture is such an important piece. I know you guys have heard this word over the last five years since Easter B, and it probably is one of those words that people tend to not want to hear anymore. But that culture was not a real culture. That was a fabricated culture. An organic culture can truly, can it, it becomes effective. Or, or, or effective. Um, why can't I think of? Contagious was the word. But either way, it becomes contagious and spreads through the locker room. And when your leader on offense can be that fiery guy, that calm guy when needed, and deliver and bring the fire out again, it pumps up the locker room. And I think the one thing that the Texans did extremely well in this draft is go after captains. Um. Up, oh, hold on, sneakers. Is it today? Hold on, guys. Let's see. Um, no, next week. Okay. Anyways, um, so with that aspect of being, you, you look at the captains, you look at the character, Will Anderson. You look at the character, C.J. Stroud. All of the guys drafted. Ultimately, what they're trying to bring is a competitive, fiery culture that is created organically based on the players that are here. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think San Francisco is very much the same way. I think it's extremely important to build a culture around those things. And when you do that, as you have, like you have this foundation of culture developed, now you start to add other pieces throughout the years to a foundation of culture that they'll be able to buy into. And it'll, it'll just be natural. And some won't make it, some will. But you have to have that foundation to build the culture. And the Texans made that extremely important in this draft class. And that's what we need. So as far as grades go, we're not going to know for three years. 
I'm a big Nick guy. I'll be honest. Like, it's really hard for me to not like anything Nick does. Just because I think he's an extremely smart individual. I love the way he approaches things. It seems a little different than most. I don't think it's that he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. I think that it's that more or less that he wants to, he, he view, he tries to view things differently. And I'm all for approaching things in a different manner. And ultimately this team got better Thursday through Saturday. They got better in the off season with the free agent class. They'll likely get better on cut down days. And I think they're going to get a lot better just from the competitive practices and trainings that D'Amico Ryans is going to install during the offseason. I do expect this team to be a completely different team. I expect this team to come out and be aggressive and start to win games. And I think that starts this year. When you trade up to grab Will Anderson, that timeline is now, it's, it's accelerated quite a bit. There's no more wait and see. And that's why I believe C.J. Stroud will start week one. It's all about performing at this point. It comes down to nothing else. They have to put a productive, consistent, competitive team on the field. And I think they will. I think they will. All right, Monday uh, at 4 p.m., 4.30 p.m., I'll be talking with Seth Payne. So that one will be fun. Um, I've always thought Seth was an interesting character. Listened to him on the radio. Never met the guy. But uh, seems like a really good dude. Um, and I think that's going to be extremely fun, uh, conversation. And then I'm also working on a series to get to your question, Dougie, um, what needs to happen series. So it'll be a three series, uh, three episode series I'll do on the channel. I can't give too much more information about that specifically, because if I do, somebody will take it and record it faster and me not having the ability it's my anniversary weekend, so I know I'm not going to have time this weekend. If I if I let it out, somebody else will do it sooner than I will. Um, so I can't really release it, but I promise you I have a huge – I've put together a ton of stuff for it. Um, I'm going to continue to work on it. I have one episode completely written out. I'm working on episode two and three. I should have those done today, and then I'll record some next week, and then I'll start to release those. So what needs to happen – series coming soon and then i'll also be working on some other things john will be back as well um so make sure you guys hit that like and subscribe button make sure you guys tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend that texans unfiltered the best houston texans podcast youtube channel uh is back and going to be here consistently so um yeah that's just the way it goes so make sure you guys hit the subscribe button turn on notifications but honestly tell a friend to tell a friend uh, we're going to keep you busy through the off season. We're going to be here to support you guys. And we're going to be here to give you guys the best content we can. Um, and yeah, with that being said, I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Enjoy the beautiful weekend. And we will talk next week. 